Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. Today is Monday, January 23rd, 2023. This is edition number 11 of season 8. So we continue working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. This morning we will finish um, paragraph 1 of chapter 2 of God and of the Holy Trinity. Let's pray first and then we'll consider the completion, the end of this first paragraph of chapter 2. Our Father in heaven, as we now come to your word and we come to these very important truths that are taught in your word, we ask that you would give us insight and understanding, that your spirit would guide us into all truth, that he would teach us, opening our eyes and our ears to that which you would have us see and hear. We pray, Lord, that you would not only teach us, but that we would take these things and they would be applied to our lives in a way that we would walk humbly and uh, before you, <clears throat> pursuing righteousness and godliness all of our days. May you be merciful to us now, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we have been considering uh, chapter 2, paragraph 1 of God and of the Holy Trinity. We have seen a number of things about the God who has revealed himself in the scriptures. Today we come to that final section of paragraph 1 where we read there that this God, the living and true God, is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him and withal most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin and who will by no means clear the guilty. Now when we talk about the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We first need to understand that the uh, that scripture must be interpreted in light of itself. The, the fact of the matter is that there is none righteous, no, not one. None seeks after God. Uh, no one does this. And so how do we reconcile the statement here in the confession where it says that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him? Well, in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, we read this uh, about people who by faith have laid hold of the God of heaven. And that faith, of course, is a gift of God. And so therefore, these are people that have been, <clears throat> they've been regenerated. They have been brought to faith in, Christ, uh, faith in the true God of heaven through the work of Jesus Christ. And we read there in verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So for the believer, there is a great comfort and hope in knowing that our God, who is personal, our God, who is all of the things that we've discussed over the last two editions of the morning devotional, does reward his people as they by faith lay hold of him and seek him uh, as he has revealed himself in the word of God. Now, there's many different ways to seek God. You seek his understanding and truth through the reading and meditating of scripture. But you seek him also as you by faith pray and plead with the God of heaven for that which you stand in need of as you commune with him. Additionally, as you by faith lay hold of the sacraments that he has given to the church. And so as we approach the Lord's table, we do so by faith, believing that God will bless and reward his children as they come to this table as a means of grace to them. And so that's what the confession is driving at here, that he is indeed the rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and withal most just and terrible in his judgments. 
And, of course, we know that the, the God of heaven is the just judge of heaven and earth, that he always does what is right. We have already considered these things, that he can do nothing else. There is no imperfect justice in the perfect God of heaven. Now, man attempts justice, and that's because we reflect his image as his image bearers. But our justice is never perfect. We make mistakes. Our justice system makes mistakes. It makes many mistakes. But the God of heaven doesn't. He is most just and terrible in his judgments. Nehemiah chapter 9 and verses 32 and uh, 33. Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love, let not all the hardship seems, seem little to you that has come upon us, upon our kings, our princes, our priests, our prophets, our fathers, and all your people, since the time of the kings of, of Assyria until this day. Yet you have been righteous in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully, and we have acted wickedly. And so, God is just in his treatments of sinners. That is to simply to say that there are, there, are, uh, there are often consequences to our behavior, there are often consequences to our sin, though God may forgive us, and he does forgive every single time we ask for it. With that said, there are sometimes, oftentimes, consequences that show up as a result of our persistent sin in, in our lives. Uh, and so we must recognize that even when that comes, though, it comes from the hand of a righteous God. It comes from a just God, a loving Father who does these things that he might teach us not to do that anymore. Whatever it is that caused the hardship in the first place. He hates all sin, the confession says. Psalm 5. I think this goes without saying for most people who understand the Bible in any regard, or regard the Bible in any way, but in Psalm chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, we read, The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. And so it's quite obvious, quite clear, in fact, that God hates sin. Sin is the antithesis of his holiness. It's the antithesis of his righteousness. It's the antithesis of, of who he is. We have that drawn out for us in a picture in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell into that first sin and plunged all of us into it with them. Uh, the consequence of that sin was separation from God, but that is visibly expressed when he ejects them from the first temple, the first place of God's dwelling on earth, that is the Garden of Eden. He removes them from his presence because of their sin. And so, while God is certainly just, he hates sin, and that's why he's just towards sinners, and who will by no means clear the guilty. We saw this in uh, the last edition of the devotional from Exodus chapter uh, 34, the passage in which comes close on the heels of the golden calf encounter and, and, and sin of the golden calf, but in Exodus 34, there in verse 7, jumping right into the middle of a context, but keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. Now, this is not a statement against the atoning work of Christ, because he did not clear the guilty there either. Though Christ was not uh, guilty, he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might 
have the righteousness of God. And so sin was not simply swept under the rug. God did not just arbitrarily say, okay, forget it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I'm not going to worry about your sin. But you over there, I'm, your sin is still an issue. And so, and then you over there, no. God does not clear the guilty. He doesn't simply sweep it under the rug. Sin must be atoned for. It must be paid for one way or the other. That is to say that it must be paid for in Jesus Christ or it must be paid for in the one who sins. And so there's only two solutions. There's only two options presented to humanity. We can trust Christ by faith believing and have him pay the debt that is ours. Therefore, sin is erased. It is removed from us. The sin that we've committed has been atoned for, or we will atone for our own sin. That is to say, we will spend eternity in hell um, atoning for it, paying the debt that was that is owed. And of course, it's an eternal thing because it's an eternal debt. And so God does not simply turn these things aside. So these things conclude uh, paragraph one. They are uh, both um, encouraging, but also um, 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 sobering to think about the God of heaven, who is a God of love, a God of, ju- a God of righteousness. He's holy, he's good, he's kind, he's compassionate, but he does not treat sin lightly. And he does not simply wash it away only be- just because he says so. It has to be atoned for in the means that God has established. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Tuesday edition, when we turn our attention to paragraph two of chapter two, may the Lord help you today. Walk with him, seek him in his word and prayer, and may he richly bless you.